0: welcome to gradcast the official podcast of the society of graduate students at the university of western ontario coming to you from the other london let's start the show Hello and welcome to
1: gradcast my name is Eman Chan and with me tonight is my co-host
0: tristan how are you hey everybody welcome to gradcast it's a good show And Lolo's with us.
1: (laughs) And and Lolo. If you heard that little (laughs) low whining, she'll be
0: here later. So our guest tonight is Claire Burrows, and she brought in Lolo, her adorable greyhound, to come come and join us.
2: She's going to whine in the background for a while. That's what she does.
1: (laughs) But Claire, you're not here just to tell us about Lolo.
2: No, not just for that. No,
1: okay. (laughs) So uh, could you tell us, you know, uh, what are you doing here at Western? What department are you in and your subject of research?
2: Okay. Um, I am a second-year PhD student in the Faculty of Media and Information Studies. Um, and I am doing my PhD in librarianship, and specifically the accessibility of academic libraries for disabled students.
0: And so, okay. So, uh, so, a lot of them Yeah, there's a lot to go through. <laughs> um, so uh, you gave us a little packet of, like, uh, some research proposals you put forward, and you yeah. talked a bit about critical disability studies. Yes. And we had a few weeks ago, uh, as, as listeners will hear, probably about a month ago, uh, we had Melanie Stone coming on to talk about critical disability studies. And it's really interesting, because uh, and then the week after that, we had some things about uh, reevaluating the way we see the medical system of uh, medicalization of, of mental health. Yeah. So... There's a complete revamp going on and rethinking uh, what disability means.
2: Yes, yes.
0: So, so please elaborate.
2: Um. Okay. Well, that's actually what I am mainly interested in. Um, I guess historically, um, disability is seen as a medical concept that, um, you know, needs diagnosis and treatment, and um, is kind of focuses on what the medical profession can do for improving people's lives. Um, And I think this shift is starting to happen in a lot more disciplines. And There's a lot of sort of critical disability studies beginning to emerge um, and growing. Um, And so I'm interested in how those conceptualizations of disability, um, whether it's a medical aspect or um, something that's socially constructed, how those play out in um, library services.
1: Okay, so when you say that disability might be socially constructed, what do you mean by that? Like, what is it? I mean, I, I, I think I speak for most people, most of our listeners, when I say that, in, in my mind, disability is very much connected to things like, you know, medical issues, body yep. issues, maybe mental issues. But yep. w- where's the social aspect come in?
2: i um, I guess my favorite sort of analogy to um, explain this and the way that I um, stumbled across it and it made sense for me was Mm -hmm. um, if we're talking about, say, someone who uses a wheelchair, um, obviously there is some sort of physical um, aspect to their health or whatnot. So the um, disability studies isn't about kind of negating that completely and ignoring it. Right. Um, But if they go to a building and... Don't know where she's going. Um, the dog's kind of wandering around. Um, if they get to a building and there's a set of stairs to go into the building, the problem is not that the person uses a wheelchair. The problem is that there's no ramp to go into the building. Okay. So it's not until there's a lack of ramp or um, you know automatic doors or something in the environment that people are actually disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they might use a wheelchair, but if we have all those things, then there's no... Um, if we have the ramp, if we have automatic doors, etc., cetera, then um, there's no disadvantage to them. And so that's where the actual disability element is, like, socially constructed by the way that our society has developed.
0: Yeah. Their lives are not made worse by them, not just by them having, like, actual physical uh, limits, but also because society imposes limits by not... Exactly. Uh, ta- like, it's kind of like... Uh, like the difference between sex and gender. Like like the, yeah. there's, there is something that is like biological and real, but then there is gender, which is like the how we socially interact with somebody yeah. based on that.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So within disability studies, we talk about um, disabilities and impairments. And mm-hmm. impairments are those, um, you know, that there is maybe a medical aspect sometimes. Um, but even that we can kind of, um, within sort of medical sociology, we can start to pick that apart because some of those things are also they're not just these objective things that exist um there's diagnosis diagnos diagnoses um that take place and those change over time and our understanding of what those things mean changes over time so it's not just a clear cut um you have this disease or you have this impairment and this is how we fix you um there's a lot of that social aspect that's in those impairments as well but um a lot of the limitations that are placed on people can be there from um, the social environment, or the physical environment, or um, economic or political environments, and that can really um, limit people's opportunities. Okay, yeah, right. there, are,
0: there are some disabilities that don't really have like like even if even with like the physical apparatus of the world don't really limit them much, but maybe because of uh, like the way they look or the way they act or something like that. Might will well it result in them um, experiencing disability despite the fact that like there's nothing physically that like it, it's all based on social interaction social.
2: Yeah, I mean it depends completely on what the context is. So mm-hmm. people can be disabled in one context and not disabled in another. Um, you know, a lot of people. You know, if you don't use a wheelchair, maybe you don't need that ramp. But um, if you have dyslexia or something maybe you need your reading materials in like an alternate format, whereas a person who uses a wheelchair wouldn't need that. Um, So there's, it really depends on what the context is um, and what that environment is. So, I mean,
1: if I'm understanding this right, in a way, it's like uh, a lot of things now are designed in such a way to facilitate say, like, our getting into a building through stairs, through mm-hmm. doors and stuff. Yep. And there's no reason it could not be designed in a way to facilitate someone in a wheelchair yep. doing these very same things. It's just the sort of um, sort of unquestioned choices that we've made as a society yes. on this is the way things are, the way things have been, and the way things we might continue to be doing them. And,
2: yep. and know, if that's not accessible right? to you, that's your problem, exactly. and that's, yeah. you know, something that you should really focus on fixing rather than maybe we should rethink the ways that we've done that and um, do it in a way that is available to more people right
0: okay. how neoliberal <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so, so, so let's
0: uh, so then let's let's go into like the educational realm because uh, in university this is basically on university libraries right yes and so uh, university education obviously now considered a baseline requirement to function in today's economy yep. and libraries especially if you're in the non-sciences like we are here uh, part,
2: part <laughs> of the university oh, come <laughs>
0: now even the scientists go to libraries I don't know if they do but uh, maybe. Whether or not Sometimes. they go to
2: them. They, they use study library resources.
0: Yes. At least for coffee. And so having access to libraries gives people the ability, or it, it, it has an impact over how they're going to do in classes, how they're going to succeed, and how yes. they're going to, even, even their relationship with education. Yep.
1: So, so this is news to, you know, our president, Chakma, who... I believe a few years ago, uh, did make the statement that he has never set foot in the library and gets everything he needs from the internet. Um, I'm doing air quotes right now.
2: Yeah. How how do you uh, get access to some of those things though that are not you know actually licensed to you? Oh, well, it's because your librarians have gee. magically made them appear. Mm-hmm. You don't say. Claire. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're,
0: they're the real heroes. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something uh, on my on my card. And so like I have this little thing of a jig on the back of my student. Card. Uh-huh. You, you've heard of this before? I believe so. Yeah. So uh, so what is that? So what it has is uh, uh I don't know if I've admitted on the uh, the web or for, but I have ADHD okay. and uh, the school has some apparati uh, on our in Weldon to facilitate that specifically some rooms with like some text-to-speech software and things like that to help me out mm-hmm. and I imagine that is very much like in line with the kind of stuff that you're talking about about accommodating all of the ways that people need to be accommodated in order to experience academic library is the same way as everyone else.
2: Yes, yeah, so, but maybe even changing the way that everyone else experiences those academic libraries. A lot of these things, when you implement them, are actually good for everybody. It's not that they just benefit those those few people. Okay, um,
0: well, how, do, how does that, let, let's start with that. How does that happen?
2: Well, I think, again, going back to that analogy of having the ramp, um, you know, that if you put a ramp into a building, then say someone who's pushing a stroller or um I don't know, has a or or one those of those wheelie, wheelie backpacks with yes, wheelie right. backpacks or the grocery carts that I really want one is that old ladies <laughs> use. Um love those things. Yeah, you know, there's a whole range of people that are um that benefit from that. And I think within um library services, maybe not everything will benefit everyone but there's the potential for more accessible services to actually benefit the entire student population
0: what would be like some examples of that oh i don't even know
2: (laughs) (laughs) i guess if we're talking about you know text to speech that um someone who doesn't have adhd but just is um like an oral learner might benefit from that someone who um, struggles to read but for you know whatever reason it's just not their best learning model, mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. style, right. um, you know, that could be beneficial for them as well. Um, if we have services where, I don't know, um, you know, help finding books or something, like mm-hmm. that can be useful to everyone. If you have quiet areas where people can work, like that, you know, that doesn't have to be only for students with disabilities. Um, that can be re- really beneficial to like a wide range of people.
0: Uh, I, I, so, So... What is the state of it right now? Are you impressed or not impressed
2: well i'm very I'm very early on in my research, so I've not actually um, started my own research study. I'm working on my proposal at the moment. Um, there is pretty limited research in the area, so um, I guess I'm not terribly impressed by what there is, but it's um there's not a whole lot to go on, I think. It's not an area that's had a lot of research put into it, but also there's just people don't know, like, what can be done. Mm-hmm. People are working within really limited budgets, um, etc. So I would say that I'm not impressed at this moment, but I'm hoping to be impressed when I actually do my research project. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like so what, what,
1: what is your plan of action then? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you looking into what libraries are doing right now?
2: Yeah, so I'm kind of going from the literature, trying to get an idea of like what services are available and looking mm-hmm. at um, what services are highlighted on university websites. But what I'm also really interested in is how, um, so going to back to that idea of um, disability as something that's medical or socially created, um, how people working in libraries are actually understanding disability and so are planning services based around that. Is it something mm-hmm. for just you know a few people that you know, we have to help because the law says to. Or is it sort of a matter of social justice and a kind of providing the same opportunities to the widest range of people that we can? Um, and I guess the other thing that I'm really interested in, and this is the part that has really not happened in practice, is actually speaking to um, students who have a disability to mm-hmm. say, like, how do you find the library services? Are they um, are they working for you? What would you like to see? what might be beneficial to you um, because that hasn't really happened. And I don't really know how you can develop a more accessible service if you don't know what people want and what would be useful.
0: Okay. So, so that's what you're going to do? You're going you're to ask those questions? you're
2: going to ask those questions
0: to those people. Okay. Yes. I, and um, one of the things that uh, we were in previous episodes talking about about ways that we can identify how people, these were anthropologists, so you might have mm-hmm. a different answer. We're doing something called video, or sorry, photo streams. Okay. Where they actually give their participants a camera and get them to take pictures of like their interactions with, uh, okay. with certain things. Uh, so like, what kind of, I, I mean, what kind of things are you going to do to um, to ask these people these questions, or is that still like, is that still like a year away from now?
2: Um. Well, it's it's definitely a few months ago. I really like the idea of the photo streams. I hadn't that like had not even th- thought of anything like that. Um. I think mostly just speaking to people. I think within librarianship that's like a first step and there's not it's just not happened so like not even going to the extent of like doing something different and doing photo streams it's just it seems like a starting point um mm-hmm. and it just hasn't really been there so um, yeah I hopefully mean, just just talking to people come talk to me please
1: sound like a really neat idea i mean ethics might be kind of tricky but just having people sort of videotape Yep. You know, maybe like vlog, is that, is that the word for it? Their yeah. uh, experiences, you know, entering the library, using the library facilities and interacting with people in it. I mean, you might have to sign a whole bunch of waivers and ethics yeah. might frown upon everything. Mm-hmm. But that would be super neat.
2: Yeah, I mean, even getting people to kind of journal their experiences, maybe maybe having like an initial interview and getting a few people to kind of commit to it. And then Mm -hmm. um, as they use library services over a period of time, getting them to just um, in whatever um, method they feel is most appropriate to them, whether it be sort of video recorder or videotape or... Um, writing a few quick notes, just take some ideas down and then share them with me later. Okay, um, and, and and also let's look at like
0: the big uh, the broader context. We kind of talked a little bit about this. When we were um, we've referenced a few times on this show, Amit Chakma, and his wonderful, yeah. not totally not neoliberal plan for this university. Um, no,
2: it's, it's not Leo, not neoliberal, is it?
0: This is that uh, <laughs> news to me? Uh, so so he so yeah, the libraries. Um, like, like one thing when you talk about when, when talking about making uh, disability things work in a library is that it does cost money. Yes. And libraries are doing this in a context where um, engineers who run the school, named Amit Chakma, <laughs> who who have literally said they've never been to a library, are proposing more and more cuts because you know some people need to double their salary. That's just how things are. Yep. And so, um, is there? Things we can do, or is there uh, messages you can convey on what do we? How do we do it? How do we make uh, the library as accessible and accommodating as possible, but also deal with the fact that there's going to be uh, less and less money coming in every year? Yeah, that's
2: really just really depressing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, I think there are things that can be done that don't require a lot of money, or sometimes even really any money. Um, I mean just having staff who are aware of what different needs might be is um, a really obvious starting point because you can't build in accessibility for everyone like from the get go. Mm -hmm. You can't have this kind of completely universally accessible library. Um, You need to actually talk to people and see what they need. And um, So just having library staff who are aware of, aware that there are different needs and What's available in the library and how, um, like how we can work with what we have already. A lot of libraries are doing things like, instead of having um, having your Dewey Decimal or your Library of Congress numbers on the sides of stacks, having um, you know pictures or something else to kind of represent what that section is about. So, um,
0: or even Braille. Do they do that?
2: <laughs> not as many people read Braille as you. Would think I guess um, i'm not aware of of this library having braille around, but mm-hmm. um, I mean most libraries will convert things to braille, but right. again uh, it's yeah. kind of a costly yeah
0: mm-hmm. I guess i 'm watching too much Daredevil <laughs> <Maybe>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean you can put up you know signs with Instead of loads of numbers that someone who experiences like dyslexia might have trouble finding their way around, putting up like a I don't know a picture of like a chemistry set or something, and someone can say, "Oh, this is the chemistry section." Um, you know, they're relatively cost-effective ways to at least start the process. Oh, right. So,
1: I- is part of it kind of like um, this sort of hope that we might shift our thinking a bit, our perspective as a society, that by um, You know, engaging more in these accessibility services, we're not necessarily taking away. We're not actually taking away anything from what we already have. It's simply trying to better, to be more inclusive about everyone in our population. Yeah, it's not like that. We're losing anything.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think, um, yeah, the idea is not that we would, that anyone would sort of um, have a negative. Well, like the ramp, for example.
1: I mean. Putting a ramp onto a building isn't going to, you know, impact me yep. in any way negatively. Yeah. But it could, you know, be a
0: huge difference to people who can't go upstairs. Yep. <laughs> or even have trouble going upstairs. Because exactly. even like something small that make it easier to get into the library you like that could that could actually change the relationship and everything like that.
2: Yeah. I mean <gasps> if you have a broken leg, yep. then mm-hmm. having that ramp might be, even though it's a temporary thing for you, having that ramp might right. make a big difference. Um, I think there is potential for there to be changes beyond just adding things on to what's already there. Um, and so maybe library services would change, but the idea if they did, um, which I mean, they're not going to tomorrow or anything would not be that anyone would be negatively affected by those. So even if we had to sort of reconceptualize what our academic library services are, right. The idea would be that they would be improved for everyone. Um,
0: Excellent, yeah all right, uh so just like just like wrap up real quick, so uh if anybody wanted to find out more about the stuff you're doing, yes. is there a place you have on the internet where you could drive them to go
2: um about specifically what i'm doing yeah. i have got I've got twitter i do twitter
0: what's
1: what's that um, <laughs> what's twitter
2: what's twitter or what's no what's
1: chat? your Twitter <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't actually know. I, I very recently acquired Twitter, so I don't completely Yeah, it was know how mostly it
1: um, tweets about Bodie McBoatface, if I remember right. <laughs> yes,
2: there was that one. I think I've Twittered about three times. Um, my Twitter is Claire, C L A I R E B underscore L I S. So Claire B underscore L I S. Nice. Um, you can find me there, or um, I'm in the staff directory or something at Western, maybe student Excellent. directory. At FIMS? And, and,
0: and are we going to get Lolo to do a trick? Yeah, oh. we're going to okay. try.
2: Um.
0: So,
1: I mean, on a more personal level, you're not just a PhD student studying you know, accessibility and disability services in libraries. You're also I'm a, very a greyhound proud parent.
2: Greyhound mom. Lolo, come here. You're going to be famous. <laughs> My greyhound is named Lolo. Um, and she's She's my, my baby. Um, she was a racing greyhound in Florida, um, but she was not very good, so she retired quite young, um, and now she's just a big, lazy, spoiled dog.
0: To steal a joke from the Simpsons, then, if she runs away, she'll be easy to catch.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, she'll give up after about 30 seconds, so yeah. <laughs> she'll be a mile down the road, but... Uh, <laughs>
1: so. but i then curled up in the ball. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, so one thing that Greyhounds do, which is kind of special, is um, they, they do this thing called ruin. and I don't know whether she will actually do it, but... Well,
1: we'll I'm going to give her my mic microphone.
2: Okay. So we have to um, play some YouTube videos for her and give her a bit of encouragement. But hopefully... Should we try this one? You like this one. No, No, no. all
0: right right. well at least we've heard you do it so (laughs) (laughs) uh we'll keep that for now Uh, anyways guys it's been gradcast you have a great that's all we got for this week. If you like this episode, share it with someone. Check us all out on Twitter and Facebook. Both you can find through Gradcast Radio. You can go to our website to see more episodes at gradcastradio.ca. And if you want to come on the show and talk about your own research, great line for your CV, go to gradcastradio at gmail.com. The theme is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod, and we will see you guys next time.